congratulations. thank the Lord for you too and uh, we love Dina and her kids and her family and we, we miss her when she's not here so definitely let's pray for Dina and her family and the whole college thing I know it's got to be tough we have one that's uh, she'll be 18 next year so and prom last night was crazy so growing up way too fast so let's just continue praying for that family anyone else if not, raise hands for unspoken requests. Stand with me as we take these to the Lord, please. Deep within my heart, I know you've won. I know you've overcome And even in the dark When I'm undone I still believe it I live by faith And not by sight Sometimes miracles take While I wait, I will worship, Lord, I worship your name.
Sometimes those voices try to tell me I'm forgotten
is raining on my parade But in my soul it's a sunny day Cause you're good like that Yeah, you're good like that Even when it's all going wrong My heart is singing a different song And I can't explain it No, I can't contain it It's just inside it Glad y'all are watching. We'd love to be able to fellowship with you. Next week would be the perfect opportunity. Ain't that the truth, for goodness sake. <laughs> but hey, we were having that Sunday morning feeling. I'm feeling good. So we are continuing to talk about the things that defeat the purpose God has for us in our series, Defeating the Purpose. God has a purpose for all of us. If you are alive, if you are breathing, there is a purpose to your life. Last week, we were in denial. But we learned that denying our feelings of discouragement, denying the way that we feel, is not good for anyone. Denying things will not make them go away, but we must instead be mindful with our shares 
And you need to find someone with whom to share your issues, with, with whom you can talk and, and discuss, and that they'll pray for you. You need to take it to the Lord in prayer because we suffer needlessly when we do not accept the Lord's invitation to cast all of our cares upon Him. He tells us to do that. He says, cast all your cares upon the Lord because He cares about you. So there's no reason for us to be burdened down. There's no reason for us to hold on to the worries and the concerns because He has invited us to lay those things before Him. And the third thing we learned is that God's denial does not hinder our purpose. Just because God denies a request does not mean He is unconcerned with our struggles. This sometimes is the most difficult one because we feel like if God says no, then maybe He's not good. If God says no, maybe He doesn't love us. Or does He really understand? Does He really care? Is He concerned? But He is He is concerned with the end. He knows where he's taken us. So if he has denied a request, it's because there's something different that he has planned and purposed. So today we will delve into something that that plagues some people more than others, perhaps, but has affected us all, certainly, which is insecurity. So defeating the purpose, a case of insecurity. Insecurity is a feeling of inadequacy or uncertainty. It develops when we compare ourselves to others and feel less than. One of mom's favorite verses is, don't compare yourself among yourself because that's not wise. Because I'm called to be one thing and others are called to be something else and I'm called to one, one group and someone else is called to another group. And that's okay to be different it's good if we were all feet where would be the smelling we're not <laughs> we're not gonna look at Paul today but uh, but he does say things like that we're gonna be in first Samuel today so up to this point Israel has been led by a judge or a prophet once they were brought out of the land of Egypt of course we know that Moses led them and after that, when they went into the promised land, it was Joshua. And then throughout the entire book of Judges, and even in Ruth, we see all the different judges that were, that were leading the nation of Israel. And at this point in Samuel, the Lord has, had raised up Samuel as a prophet to the nation. He was the one who would hear from the Lord and who would speak to the people. But the nation began to call out to Yahweh for a king. They wanted to be like all the other nations. They felt less than by comparison. They're looking at everyone around them. Oh, well, we want a king too. Samuel's sons were not fit to lead when Samuel would pass on. So they were asking God for another ruler. This was upsetting for Samuel, who had led them for so many years, he began to feel inadequate. Well, why are they asking for someone other than Mika? The Lord spoke to Samuel and said, Don't be upset because they have not rejected you, Samuel. This is not about you, 
Samuel. Oh, no. Lord, help us. It's not about you. They're rejecting me as their king. The nation of Israel was supposed to be a, a theocracy, which is ruled by God. And God was saying to Samuel, it's not that they're rejecting you as a person. They're rejecting me as their leader. So don't be upset. I'm going to put before you someone. So the Lord brought before Samuel, Saul, the son of Kish. In the Hebrew, the name Saul means desired. Taking a look at 1 Samuel chapter 9. Now, this is not where we're going to land, but I just want to see how they, they describe him. But chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, this is just the description of Saul. It said, Now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of Bechorath, the son of Aphiah, a Benjamite, a mighty man of power. And he had a son whose name was Saul, a choice young man and a goodly. There and there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. When I read that word, I thought of you, Dad. Goodlier. Amen. Yes. <laughs> From his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any of the people. So we see a little bit about Saul that his father was a, a mighty man from the tribe of Benjamin. Uh, this is possibly, in the translation, it possibly means a chieftain. He was a choice young man, the goodliest of all. Goodly here meaning pleasant or beautiful or gracious. And he was a head taller than everyone else. So he was the epitome of a king. Tall, handsome, strong, pleasant. He was a, his, his dad was a, a powerful man. He was just everything you could want a king to be. So in, just flip right over into chapter 10 of 1 Samuel. And we know, in, if you continue to read chapter 9, I encourage you to read chapter 9 and all of chapter 10, but Samuel, uh, excuse me, Saul had gone out to, to look for the donkeys that had gotten lost. His father's donkeys had gotten lost. They were running around. He and a servant had gone to look for them. In the meantime, Samuel was hearing from the Lord. God said, I'm going to put before you someone that you're going to know is the king. And as they are looking for these donkeys, can't find them, and they say, let's go to the man of God and see if he can tell us where they are. And when they approach Samuel, Samuel said, I want you guys to, to come over to this dinner with me. I have something planned for you. So they go to this dinner, and they set before Saul the best, the portion reserved for the guest of honor. And Saul feels a little strange about this, and Samuel says to him, I had this plan before you arrived. I knew that you were coming before you did. The Lord spoke to me about you before you even got here. So we see in verses 1 through 9 of chapter 10, Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? 
When thou art departed from me today, then thou shalt find two men by Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin at Zelza. And they will say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest to seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses, and sorroweth for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and, then, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. And there shall meet thee three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, and another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee, and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. After that, thou shalt come to the hill of God, where is the garrison of the Philistines. And it shall come to pass, when thou art come thither to the city, that thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery and a tabret and a pipe and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy unto them, excuse me, with them, and thou shalt be turned into another man. And let it be when these signs are come unto thee, that thou do as occasion serve thee, for God is with thee. And thou shalt go down before me to Gilgal, and behold, I will come down unto thee and offer burnt offerings and to sacrifice sacrifices of peace offerings. Seven days shalt thou tarry till I come to thee and show thee what thou shalt do. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. And all those signs came to pass that day. So as Samuel was receiving this word from the Lord, and Saul was looking for these lost donkeys, they encountered one another. After they ate the meal, he, the, uh, the man of God invited Saul and his servant to stay the night. The next morning they got up early, and they sent the servant away, and it was just Saul and Samuel together, and he said, I have a word for you. And he took out the vial of oil, and he poured it over the head of Saul. Now, when we anoint and pray for people, normally we just, you know, you just get a little dab on and, and put it on a person's head. But the process for anointing a king was very different. This vial of oil would have been larger than what we have here, and the entire bottle would have been poured on top until it was completely drained out. And the oil would have flowed from the top down the face, down the beard, down the clothing of the person who had been anointed as an indication that the Spirit of God, that the power of God was on this person from head to toe, that they were now covered with the anointing of God, that they were now covered by the Spirit of God, and that they were going to be changed. So, the, the man of God pours the oil on his head, and he says, all right, these three things are going to happen. These three signs. Look for these indications that God is with you. He said, first thing that's going to happen is that two men will meet you at Rachel's tomb. You're going to be going on your way, oily and, and covered, 
greasy, as dusty as, as they walk around, and so I'm sure that he got to be looking gross. So that as you go, you're going to meet a couple men at Rachel's tomb. And they're going to tell you that the donkeys have been found, they're, that everything's okay now, but your dad's worried about you. So what you had been doing, you don't need to be worried about doing anymore. Oh, okay. You've been anointed now, so what you had been doing, the things you had been chasing after, the things that you had been worried about, you need to leave behind. They're already done. That's over with. You're heading a new way. The second thing that you're going to notice is that three men will be on their way to sacrifice. One of them will have three goats with him. Another will have three loaves of bread with him. And the other will have a, a skin of wine with him. And they're going to greet you and give you two loaves of bread. They were on their way to sacrifice. They were on their way to give to the Lord. So the fact that they were willing to hand over what was reserved for the Lord should indicate to Saul, Saul, there's something special about you. You need to be prepared for sacrifice. As the anointing comes on you, you're leaving behind the things that you were doing and you were getting prepared for sacrifice. The third thing you're going to notice, Saul, is that a group of prophets will be coming down from the, the high place, the place of worship. They're going to be playing music and prophesying. And he says, Then the Spirit, the Ruach, the breath of Yahweh, will come upon you, and you will prophesy. This word prophesy means to speak or sing by inspiration. He said, when all this happens, when these things happen, when you leave behind what you've been chasing after, when you get prepared to sacrifice, and then when you begin to worship under the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, then you'll be changed into another man. You're going to be different. So, Samuel then told Saul that he would come to see him in a week. He said, all right, go your way. I'm going to come see you in a week. I'm gonna, we're going to talk about what to do after the week is done. And we're told that as soon as he turned away, he became a different man. That God gave him a different heart. Now, we wonder, perhaps, what Saul was thinking. We see in chapter 9, if you, if you go back and read chapter 9, that, that Saul begins to say to, before this occurs, he begins to say to, to Samuel, why would God choose me? I'm, I'm the least, and the, I'm, I, I can't imagine why God would choose someone from the tribe of Benjamin, who is the, the least tribe, it's the smallest, I can't, no way. Why, God? No. Fast forward one week. In verses 20 and 21, it says, And when Samuel had caused all the tribes of Israel to come near, the tribe of Benjamin was taken. When he had caused the tribe of Benjamin to come near by their families, 
the family of Matri was taken, and Saul, the son of Kish, was taken, and when they sought him, he could not be found. So the man of God had said to him, go, wait for me a week, we'll talk about what to do, and Samuel had called an assembly at the town of Mizpah, and he had lectured them for a little while. You guys have rejected Yahweh as king. God always wanted to be your king and lead you, but since you have rejected him, God is now going to allow you to have a king. So we have come here for the purpose of selecting who the king will be. So the, the task was, was taken that they would roll their lots, and the lot of Benjamin was cast. So all of the families of Benjamin came forward, and then the, the family of Matri was cast, and the, the whole family of Matri came. And as they're rolling their lots, you know, the, the group of, of children of Kish, I'm sure, was, was rolled, and then, okay, well, let's find out which of the sons of Kish, and then it fell on Saul. So they got to looking around, where, where's Saul? I told him to wait for me. He knew where to go. He knew what to do. Where's Saul? In verses 22 